0: It's time for Michigan Sports Talk Morning Show. Broadcasting live all across the state of Michigan and northwest Ohio. This is X's and Bros. again. Oh, John. Boom. Swings it out to Sadiq Payne. gets then the call. To
1: Abdul Rahman. at midcourt. Extra pass. And it goes for the win. The three pointer by George.
2: Here's the give. Walker! Get it, Walker! Touchdown! Swatty! Goff's got it. Back, looks, throws, ends up. Yes! Caught! Touchdown to Clark They did it!
1: Armand Rossley brought it to the receiving end! Sends one to deep left center field. Back it goes, and that ball's out of here! A grand slam from a young Cabrera! He's got two goals.
2: Parkin' in on goal! Scores! his first career!
0: Here's your host, Anthony Bellino.
3: Rise and shine, folks. Good Wednesday morning to you. It is hump day, the 21st day of February 2024. We welcome you here to X's and Bro's on the Michigan Sports and Network. Ben Glaze, Ryan Elke, Anthony Bellino, all joining you. Thank you for joining us, no matter who you are, where you are, how you may be listening all across the great state of Michigan and in Northwest Ohio and worldwide on the iHeartRadio app. We say good morning to you. We welcome you. We thank you. We appreciate you. And of course, we encourage you. Join the program at any time. Text the keyword sports radio, send that to 21,000. Sports radio to 21000. Our Meyer Supercenter guest line, 866 838 4843. That's 866 838 4843. We're on Twitter at XP Mornings, Facebook, X's and Bros. And of course, good morning to our television audience as well. On BCSN and streaming live on our YouTube page at Michigan Sports Network. Add a dot com to that to find our website. XB Mornings at gmail.com is our fan feedback email inbox. And you can find us all individually on Twitter. Ryan Elke is at Ryan underscore Key. Ben Glaze at the Ben Glaze, and I'm Anthony Bellino at AC Bellino. Uh, gentlemen, good morning to uh, to both of you. Good morning. What's going on? How are we this Wednesday?
4: Doing well. Uh stayed up for that uh the Michigan State
3: game. Man, they left some uh points off the board in that first half. A lot of, lot of balls just going right off the rim. Mm. Layups. Mm. Yeah, the, well, you know what? I, I'll I'll give Michigan State this. That is a uh that's odd. Uh that that's a that's a tough Saturday night on the road, and I know it's it's just at Michigan, so it's not that far of a drive. But the late game Saturday night to turn around and have to play Tuesday, even though it's at home, is still is still challenging, right? Right, because you are not home until Sunday at wee hours in the morning. Uh, you are getting your scouting report from your coaching staff. I am sure at some point, uh, either on the on the bus ride back uh, for for Iowa, or you know at some point Sunday, then you have what. Monday before your, yeah, your sure. shoot around slash walk through uh, on Tuesday prior to the game. That's a really quick turnaround. Not a fan of the Saturday, Tuesday, uh, scheduling there. If it would have been Saturday earlier in the day, then maybe, but not to have to play at eight o'clock at night and then turn around and then have a, a another game on a Tuesday. I, I just don't think that works for the college schedule for the pros. That's totally fine. Uh, but for the college game, it just doesn't, uh, it just doesn't really work, and you know it, it also helps when Iowa makes a lot of shots.
4: Yeah, that's true.
3: There were some shots that they made that were just like, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. You see some of those go down, and it's like, all right. Um, now, vice versa, on Saturday night, when Michigan State was over for 40 from three in the first half, I was like, all right, here we go. This is good. This is good progress. Look at us go. Um, and I was happy about that, but just kind of, uh, just kind of is, uh, is what it is. And that's a, uh, that's a, a relatively, it's not a damning loss, but it's a tough one. That's a tough loss. Cause you want to be able to, you know, continue to build on the momentum that you have. And I just think that that's a, uh, that's a real, real tough, uh, real tough turnaround. So that's the way that, uh, I see last night's game. We'll talk more about that coming up here. Uh, we've got some big news coming out of Detroit. That is uh, what the lions decided that they were going to do. Uh, we'll get you updated on that. Uh, we've got uh, some developments in the Kansas city, uh, chief's parade shooting college football uh, made a little bit of a move. Plus uh, a really good article uh, about the, uh, the tiger's front office and tiger's ownership uh, going about doing things, uh, doing, getting, taking care of some of the little things to make sure that the players are happy. And I thought that that was a, that was a really good article, really painted Chris Illich in a, in a very good light, uh, as well. Plus, Jeremy Rise will join us to talk about what's going on in Detroit with the, uh, with the Lions. We'll dive into, uh, into the news from yesterday. We'll talk a little bit about the cap as well. Probably do a little bit, uh, a little bit of draft, you know. Because it's you know we haven't even hit the combine yet, you know what I mean? Like there's, you know, for me, I know that um, you know I know that you you could do it every day, you know, leading into uh, leading into the draft. It's just not my style. It's just not something that I do uh, when it comes to. You know, the mock drafts and, and because there's so many situations and, and like last night, for example, uh, throughout the course of the college football season. And there was especially one day where I, I tweeted something out about J.J. McCarthy and somebody had told me, like, there's no way he goes in the first round. Like, yes, he's going in the first round. He's going in the first round. Like, it's it's going to happen. The mock drafts have are they have him as high as eight right now uh, to the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I just saw one from um, Daniel Jeremiah of nfl network he has him going to uh, being selected by atlanta that's an interesting pick uh from from their perspective but we, the quarterback is always overdrafted right i mean that's how you end up with like guys like malik willis and desmond ritter you know what i mean like that's that that's what happens people always overdraft uh, at that position and you know it's he's he's going to be a first-rounder for the people that don't think that uh, I'm shocked, and, and just because it's a mock draft doesn't mean that it's written and that you know J.J. is going to go, but I believe that he is. Uh, I believe that someone will draft him in the first round, and I'll be very interested to see what his combine uh, kind of looks like and what those numbers uh, look like for him and how that may sway uh, public opinion, whether his you know draft stock rises or falls. I can't imagine it rising any further. I think anything in the top 10 is pretty... Pretty impressive. I would be blown away by it, especially if he goes top 10. You're like, wow, we had a top 10 quarterback. Now, whether he turns out to be that good or not in the NFL, we'll have to wait and see. But if he gets drafted top 10, it's like we had a top 10 quarterback there and we barely even used him. I mean, we, we had an entire game where we didn't use him one time in the second half. All he did was turn around and hand the ball off. So a a very, very interesting Uh, Time here for a lot of these franchises and for the Lions, what they're trying to do in clearing some of this uh, some of this cap space, try to get things, you know, reworked so that they can, you know, got to start saving now. And it's a it's a very, very difficult time uh, of the year. All right. What else is going on in the sports world? We'll try to get you all caught up with all the happenings. We'll do so right now in the headlines
0: big news i have a little news flash let's check the headlines no it's real news for once the biggest stories of the local regional and national news this
3: is huge news the detroit lions have released uh, veteran safety tracy walker the third the team uh, announced yesterday walker had posted earlier in the day on his instagram a goodbye message uh, i had a good feeling about this uh, or a bad feeling or a feeling that this was going to happen last week because uh, i was supposed to uh, have a uh, conversation with him on like last thursday or friday but he ended up um saying you know what i, I think i'll pass right now at this moment and like, oh boy that's not good that's not good never uh, never a good sign 29 year old appeared in all 17 games last season he made six starts finished with 59 tackles two passes defended a forced fumble and a sack it was a uh, third round selection in the 2018 draft the patriots matthew slater uh, retiring from the nfl after 16 seasons 16. how about that you got the record for the most special teams pro bowl appearances with 10 and he is all done with the game of football the detroit red wings and michael rasmussen got a deal done yesterday that's great four years 12.8 million dollar extension more on that coming up and I loved it and uh, EA Sports College Football 25 will include Notre Dame uh, why is that news I have no idea was Notre Dame raising a stink about that uh, the will it or won't it back and forth allegedly between the school and uh, the video game producer Let leave them out don't let them cause a stink just leave them out we'll be back with more X's and Bro's after this year on the Michigan Sports Network Imagine this winning big at Soaring Eagle
2: the Food District is now open. There's something for everyone. From Bubba Koo's Burritos to Banano's New York Pizza Kitchen to Guy Fieri's Chicken and Ike's Lovin' Sandwiches. Savor every delicious flavor at the all-new Food District. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. For your magic. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Merc Perks from Mercantile Bank is
5: here.
6: The Freddy the Pizza Man Foundation is dedicated to providing support to families and Michigan schools touched by autism. We invite you to join us in supporting these families and schools by making a donation at com. With your donation, you can help provide essential resources that can make a real impact. Visit com to make a donation and to learn more about the foundation's mission. That's f-r-e-d-i-thepizzaman.com. Together, we can make a difference.
0: Traverse City to the Glass City. GR to the Motor City. You're listening to X's and Bros on the Michigan Sports Network.
3: Welcome back here to X's and Bros, Michigan Sports Network. Great to have you ride right along with us, no matter who you are, where you are, how you may be listening all across the great state of Michigan and in Northwest Ohio and worldwide on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, let's get right to that Meyer Supercenter guest line. That's where we find Ryan after the uh, Iowa Hawkeyes uh, walked into the Breslin 78-71, your final score uh, for Iowa. I got I to gotta throw two things at the wall real quick. One, uh, Michigan State shot it a lot better from three last night than they did on Saturday. I mean, they shot 50% from three. That's a tough game. Uh, But this one, to me, like... (sighs) Cooper only playing 12 minutes is kind of a travesty to me because you have Madi Sissoko, or Maudie Sissoko, who is... How do you start the game and only play five minutes? Like, in and how are you as old as he is, which I'm not even sure how old he is, uh, but he's like a super senior. Like, how... This game is lost at this position here at the at the center spot. Like they they have to find yeah. a way to find somebody who, uh, and I I believe that can be Carson Cooper. Um, if he you know just give him some time, I believe it can be him. It's not an indictment on him, but Madi Sissoko, uh, his lack of production his entire career at Michigan State is just it's it's flabbergasting. It's
4: not flabbergasting. A guy just doesn't know how to play basketball.
3: That is flabbergasting. Like, you're with Tom Izzo every day of the week for five years. Figure it out.
4: Yeah, and you only play five minutes because you get two fouls in the first three minutes. Cooper's minutes were limited because he got two fouls in the next five minutes. And your answer could be simply, you could play your five-star center that you brought in. A little more who had productive minutes in the first half and then saw the entire bench the second half. But I don't want to put the whole blame as MSU Twitter is doing right now on you would have won the game if Xavier Booker played in the second half. No, you would have won the game if you would have realized that the game was 7 p.m. Central or 7 p.m. Eastern instead of 7 p.m. Central because you didn't wake up. You weren't there in the first half.
3: And that's that. That's a that's a really tough ask, and I'm not making an excuse for Sparty. But when you have to play a Saturday night with an eight o'clock tip off, and I know it's close, right? But you're still, I mean, it's it's far. You know, it's close enough. You're on the bus, far enough away. You can't just hop on a plane and be there right away. You know, it's it's still. You're not getting home until you know after midnight. Saturday going into Sunday who knows what time the bus actually arrived there and you know guys get back to their place and you know pass out for a few hours and then what you get your scouting report Sunday maybe you have a walk uh, walkthrough or a shoot around maybe you do some homework maybe you have like your four side pieces over I don't know and then you have Monday regular day of class practice and then boom game Tuesday I really don't think that that's a a great recipe now at the NBA level it doesn't bother me at all because those are that's you know that's the job. Right, you get paid handsomely for it, but for college kids, um, the the Saturday night into Tuesday has always been a very quick turnaround. And I don't care how close you know East Lansing is to Ann Arbor, that's a tough ask for any program.
4: Still, I mean, at this point with this team, it's a very uh, upperclassman heavy team. You should be able to kind of deal with. At least in this instance, it is a closer away game being an hour away by bus ride. Like, I mean, thank you for trying to provide an excuse, but to me, that's not an excuse. Like you're going from Ann Arbor to home. It's if you had a Saturday night off and then you decide to go out with your friends in Ann Arbor and you had a game Tuesday. Like,
3: That was an emotional game. For Michigan State on Saturday night, it took a lot out of them, and you run no, into I'm an just, Iowa I'm team.
4: It. Yeah, it's, you run to an Iowa team that's that's playing pretty well. That just was throwing up junk in the first half and somehow going in. So you knew this was going to be a bad one, especially when you missed eight layups in the whole throughout the entire game. You missed and, eight layups and seven free throws.
3: And Iowa was a team that now has won three out of four. They were coming off a win against uh, a 20th-ranked Wisconsin Badger team, 88 to 86 at home. Uh, so it's not like they're you know, and they got a the, Iowa's got a really tough stretch. They have Illinois uh, coming up, and then Northwestern and Illinois again at the end of the year with Penn State uh, smudged in between there. And I say the end of the year like it's not in a couple of weeks. I can't believe that, by the way. So I went to look at my schedule, uh, my game schedule. And I guess I didn't realize uh, that we, two
4: games left.
3: Oh, dude. I mean, I was shocked. I was like, wait a minute. What? How wait a time out here? Yeah. Yeah. There's four,
4: four games left on the regular season schedule. I believe. I mean, two, after, two home and
3: two road. Yeah. I was, I so was it's winding down. It is. It is. And I know that we have, um, I'm still waiting to find out what the deal is with the uh, regional semifinals, uh, the, what is it? The elite 8 we'll have. Um, sweet
4: 16, elite eight,
3: sweet 16, right. elite eight, I believe at LCA. But the thing about that is uh, that, you know, that is actually ran by the host schools are U of D and Oakland. So it, as far as like my responsibilities there, responsibilities there easy for me to say i don't know if i have to work those yet and i'm going to find out at some point from the from the detroit sports commission because if they bring in, you know if U of D or oakland brings in their own guy then that's what they that's what they do no harm no foul it is what it is um they're the host school they get to choose but uh yeah i mean for for michigan they'll play tomorrow they get northwestern on the road and then they get into their final two uh purdue uh, coming up this weekend at home and then march 10th against nebraska so i'm sitting there i look at the calendar i'm like holy smokes like this is really like this is really it You know, i keep thinking that for whatever reason there is like uh you know some second half of the season that's coming up like no like my team's 3 and 12 and 8 and 18 i don't want to make it about my team uh so i'll go back to michigan state but like like the season is coming to a close now i don't think that that loss to iowa is it's unfortunate because of where it puts them in the standings. Now Michigan State needs Michigan to do a little work here against Northwestern if they want to get that top four slot now for the Big Ten tournament. Because now they're half game back.
4: MSU has, MSU has their chances. They get to, they play Purdue on the road. After that, they get Northwestern at home. So you have two teams sitting in front of you that you're playing as well, and you get Ohio State, hopefully a buffer on Sunday as you know to into Purdue. Ohio State already got their interim bump. They got their win versus Purdue. They can slide back to what they've been all season. I don't need another crazy performance out of someone you've never heard of before off the bench. (laughs) I just want a nice, simple 80-point molly Wop on a Sunday afternoon. Is it too hard to ask that I can just be happy for a solid month out of the basketball season?
3: Have you... Have you been happy this basketball season yet?
4: Uh, for stretches, it seems like for three-day stretches, it's one it's one step forward, you know, three steps back, two steps forward, a couple more steps back. I mean, this team just, like, they win two games, and they, they think they are, they went to the championship game already, it feels like, by the effort that shows the next game. Mm. Congrats, you beat Penn State and Michigan on the road, like, your national championship bound
3: now well um there was a stretch that they did win 5 in a row uh Baylor to north uh what was that Baylor to uh Penn State earlier in the year uh but as you mentioned you know they win 3 then and lose two and then you you know lose one win three lose one like it just it it happens i don't know you know being that they were probably uh, the rating was probably overinflated to begin the season That probably set the fan base and some of the outsiders up for failure, like myself. Like I was like, okay, number four in the country, and you know, okay, at the time they had Jeremy Fears, and I don't know if he makes like that big of a difference, but he's probably going to give you eight to ten a night. Uh, But regardless, the um, you know maybe there was a little bit more of a uh, an overinflated valuation of what we thought Michigan State was going to be, and so that made uh, the beginning of the season. Maybe a little bit more difficult, and I think that when you tip the tip the season off and the James Madison loss happens, I think that that's really kind of the first eye opening that wait a minute we're kind of in for a long ride because I think when you saw the number four, you're thinking to yourself like okay like this should be this could be a great season like we're going to be you know a what a twenty six and six type of team going into the tournament that just unfortunately hasn't been. Uh, the case for Michigan State. We'll step aside. We'll be back with more X's and bros. The Lions made a move yesterday. What are they doing? We'll talk about it next here on the Michigan Sports Network.
7: Bill Simonson here for my good friends from Urban U. They are Michigan's preferred med spa. Three locations in the West Michigan area, and you'll find an Urban U in Northville. Online, you can see all their skin services they offer at theurbanu.com. So the prepping season is here for the guests to come into Urban U, and if you're thinking about it, you can take care of everything during the winter from cool sculpting, laser hair removal, skin rejuvenation, and skin vibe for skin health. Now, services are done in multiple sessions and winter is the perfect time to start so guests can see visible results by the time they get to spring break vacations and even the summer. Find out more at TheUrbanU.com That is TheUrbanU.com The prepping season is underway and it's time to think about your skin health as you get ready for that trip that spring break or the summer. Find out more at The you dot
8: com.
0: Can call in, text us using the keyword sports radio and send it to 21000 or tweet us at XB Mornings. Now back to X's and Bros with Anthony Bellino.
3: Welcome back here to X's and Bros, Michigan Sports Network. Great to have you ride right along with us, no matter who you are, where you are, how you may be listening, all across the great state of Michigan and in Northwest Ohio and worldwide on the iHeartRadio Radio app. We say good morning to you, we welcome you, we thank you, we appreciate you, and of course, we encourage you to join the program at any time. Text the keyword sports radio, send that to 21000 Sports Radio to 21000, our Meyer Supercenter guest line 866. 838-4843, that's 866-838-4843. 866-838-4843, 866-838-HUGE is the number. So, very grateful to have you with us this morning. And some tough news that we had to see yesterday. We kind of saw the writing on the wall a little bit uh, as a a post from Tracy Walker uh, was circling. And uh, Tracy Walker's run with the Detroit Lions is coming to a close after six seasons. The, the Lions released him yesterday afternoon he posted earlier a farewell message to his supporters on social media the move uh, to cut walker saves the lions about five and a half million dollars in cap space according to over the cap walker road detroit i want to thank you for welcoming me in as a rookie and accepting me as family i want to thank the ford family for giving me the opportunity to be a part of something special over these last six years i want to thank my fans and supporters for always having my back through it all i want to thank the city for holding down for me. It was many ups and downs but that's life. And life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% how you respond with that. Being the future is bright and the time is coming harder than ever, year 7. Um he's a former team captain. He was a third round selection in 2018 and you know, he started to really get into a little bit of you know, a groove there. And then Matt Patricia's staff in 2020 kind of blew that up a little bit. And then year one under Dan Campbell had a career year and he signed a three-year extension, but then he tore his Achilles three games into the season and, you know, never got back to that same point where he was at because that injury opened the door for a guy by the name of Kirby Joseph to be able to come in, uh, step in. And we got to be able to see what Kirby Joseph uh, was all about. And then, you have the rookie, Brian Branch, who did so much in the slot that it kind of altered a little bit of what the team was thinking about doing. And they had CJ Gardner Johnson moving to safety. Walker was back in the lineup for a stretch after the peck injury to CJ GJ, but then was moved to special teams for a stretch. And that's just too money, too much money uh, to have there for a guy playing special teams. Like that just that that just is what it is. Uh, so they begin the process, and this is a difficult process that the, you know, for a guy that appeared in all 17 games, he made six starts, finished with 59 tackles, two passes defended, a forced fumble, and a sack. And you look at where we're at here, uh, at this at this spot, C.J. Gardner-Johnson tears his pec, and then, you know, Tracy Walker's back in the starting lineup and then lost that, uh, you know, job to Ifatu Melon fonwu who we've been waiting for Melly a little bit, you know, to see what he was going to be all about. And we realized that, yeah, we have a, you know, we got a tandem back here that is very young with, uh, with Kirby and, and with Melly, and those guys are going to be able to uh, step up. And, and now the question is CJ Gardner-Johnson, right? There are some tough questions uh, this team needs to ask, and this is the point of the year for that. And this time of year is always difficult uh, when it comes to, you know, the the fan favorites and things of that nature. Uh, But one thing I do really have a lot of faith that I've talked a lot about this uh, with the Jamal Williams move, for example, like Jamal Williams has a career year, sets the career mark uh, for touchdown carries in a single season by a Detroit Lions player, albeit he broke Barry's record by getting the extra 17th regular season game. That's neither here nor there. He breaks the record. He is a fan favorite. The people love him because of hard knocks. You know, if you, if you don't want to run with the big dogs, stay on the porch of the poodles or whatever, whatever the hell he said. And, uh, you know, people loved him. People loved Jamal Williams. And then last off season, this organization had to make a decision and David Montgomery was available and they decided to go with a guy who has been just as productive as Jamal Williams, who is a little bit younger than Jamal Williams. And they were and in. David Montgomery, let's face it, the Chicago Bears offensive line, nowhere near as good as the Detroit Lions offensive line. And so therefore, you know, the decision is made. They bring in David Montgomery. Uh, They cut ties with Jamal Williams. DeAndre Swift showed some flashes. They moved on from him, drafted Jameer, uh, Jameer Gibbs. So this is a team in a front office that I think you can have a lot of faith in. Uh, because they are uh, willing to make the difficult decisions as the adults in the room. They're not going to get emotionally attached to somebody. They know it's a difficult process. Uh, they know that this is the hardest part of it because you're asking these guys, you know, all season long to believe in what you're doing, and then the buy-in is there, and then you realize he's just not. It's just not it, and that makes things difficult. That truly makes things difficult. Now, the conversation yesterday in regards to. Uh, Mike Evans, for example, really seemed to ruffle some feathers, really seemed to ruffle some feathers. And I know that there are a lot of folks out there uh, that do not want to spend money on a wide receiver. I personally am usually one of those people that I'm not going to overpay for a wide receiver, uh, because if you spend 18 or 20 million on a guy that's not named Amon Ross St. Brown, right? Because you already have the production and you have the production out of Mike Evans as well. I mean, the guys never had less than a thousand yard season. Like that's pretty incredible. He's 30 years old. What will you get out of him moving forward? How long will that deal be? Uh, What will that deal look like from a monetary standpoint? Like those are all big questions. If he even wants to leave uh, Tampa Bay, I'm sure he's very comfortable there in Tampa. It's a great city, probably one of the more underrated cities in all of Florida. Maybe one of the more underrated cities in the country. However, my theory behind it is, is pretty plain and simple. You're not going to have to necessarily overpay for Jamison Williams. Like Jamison Williams would have to have a, an extraordinary 2,000-plus yard season this upcoming year. I just don't see that happening. Because of his injury and because of the, the minuscule production that he's had, I, I, I don't think that that number is going to cost you what some people believe it is going to cost you. Right. Is there some potential there? Yes, of course there is. With just his overall speed alone, there is some potential. But I think that the Lions will be in good position to be able to re-sign a guy like that. I think that if you can get a deal with a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown, and perhaps maybe three for 25 is a is a little much, but maybe you get him on a four for 20. Four years, $20 million. A lot of people will look at that and be their eyes will get as big as dinner plates but you have to factor in you've had three incredible years from amon Ross St Brown on his rookie deal in which he didn't cost you anything right so I'm doing I'm doing full math whatever his extension is going to be in addition to the three years that you got him dirt cheap uh, I personally think that the biggest uh the biggest sacrifice air quotes here sacrifice has to come from the quarterback position uh, I do not see Jared Goff as a 50 million dollar quarterback I, I just don't. Um, I think that when you enter the realm of one of the top one or two highest paid at your position, you have to be extraordinarily special. Like like an Aaron Donald is worth being in the top three in his position. Patrick Mahomes is worth being in the top three of his position. You know, guys like that, you might even say a Tyree Kill. You might even say a Mike Evans. Um, you know, a Justin Jefferson. Those are like top three extraordinarily special pieces to your, to your team. I don't see Jared Goff like that. It's not a knock on him. It's a knock on that number. And wherever that 50 million number is coming from, uh, I think that that is one of those where you have to have a real adult conversation and say, look, Tom Brady is the best quarterback that's ever played this game. He's got seven Super Bowls. Six with New England, one with Tampa Bay. Uh, we saw what happened in New England when he left. Like, he is the key cog in the wheel. He makes the, you know, he, he's the, the straw that stirs the drink. New England fell off a cliff the moment Brady left. Brady went and won a Super Bowl immediately. Like, there, there was something special about Tom. He's not the most athletic guy in the world, but that guy is a quarterback. That's what you need stand in the pocket, deliver the football. However, in today's game, When we look at the quarterback position and trying to get to the quarterback, the quarterback's ability to for elusiveness has never, never been needed to be higher. Like we live in an era where defensive players, especially along the D line, even your interior linemen, are running four, you know, sub four seven forties. Like you have to be able to be mobile. I don't see that out of Jared Goff. And I'm not saying you have to be a running quarterback. There, there's no such thing as a running quarterback. The quarterback is there to throw the football. Period. If you can't complete better than 60% of your passes, you're not going to play NFL football. Like that's what it is. That's the that's the the low level benchmark there. It's got to be 60% or above, or you're out. So it doesn't matter how athletic you are and how how fast you can run, it's too many hits. You have to be able to stay in the pocket. You have to be able to command your offense. You have to have it. Right? Do I think Jared Goff has it? I think Jared Goff is a very good quarterback. A very good quarterback. I think he's top 10, top 12 in the league. But I don't think that he's $50 million a season. And I think that when you start to get up into that number, that number starts to increase. It's starting to eat way too much of your salary cap. Way too much. And that's the question I think you honestly have to have with Jared at this point. It's like, look, the hell with your agent. Don't listen to him. Listen to you. You made $160 million in career earnings. Do you need to have $50 million a year? Do do you need your ego to be stroked to the point where you're one of the top X amount of players paid at your position? Because you're not Lamar Jackson and you're not Patrick Mahomes. It's just that there's nothing. It's just I'm just being honest. And if you could talk him off that ledge and say, look, look at what Tom did in New England all those years. Do you want to get paid or do you want to have a team around you? Plain and simple. And then you let him make that call. What do you want to do? And I think that you have, you have an adult conversation in the room. These conversations never leave. I don't even think it makes it to his agent until he decides. But I think that's the legitimate phone call you have to have with Brad and with Dan. Like, look, this is what we have to do here you know you're in that 30 million dollar range do you need more do you honestly need more or do you want to win because if you want to win and you sit around where you're at right now from a cap standpoint like we got it, we have an opportunity we have a chance here because what i think a lot of people are factoring in or forgetting to factor in for this upcoming offseason is that you are going to have your four picks from last year that made immediate impacts on this team. And who knows what, like we're we're a guy like uh, Antoine Green, for example, who knows what he turns out to be. And maybe there is, um, you know, in my fantasy land of Mike Evans, maybe they move past that and say, you know what? There's a guy in the third round or the fourth round that we really like at wide receiver that we're going to add to this group, right? And make that fifth wide receiver spot. Very competitive. I like Khalif Raymond a lot. I think Khalif Raven came up big in the receiving game, but I think that he was durable, dependable, and everything else in special teams, like especially in punt return. He was he was sensational, right? So a guy like Khalif Raymond, Josh Reynolds, Jameson Williams, Amon Ross, St. Brown—that's a pretty good four. But it would be nice to have that big sort of like X receiver that is going to game break a little bit you know we kind of expected that from Jamison williams i thought we saw signs of it with Jamison williams but at the same time you know is, is there somebody out there i just don't know how you would say that mike evans wouldn't make an immediate impact on this team we're just all worried about the cap number and the fact that people are worried about the cap number is a good sign to me because i see that we're you know we're working with some people that have advanced a little bit which is nice You know, I was not, um, you know, there were a couple of guys like Montez Sweat, for example. Montez Sweat gets picked up by the Chicago Bears. The Bears defense immediately improved. Immediately. They were better. But Montez Sweat comes with a hefty price tag. Is that a tag that you're willing to pay when you could look at addressing this position, perhaps maybe in the draft? Because I think we can all agree that our big needs, defensive line, secondary, secondary, and I think you got to put offensive line up there as a priority. I honestly think that you do. You know, you're going to you're going to need to have Graham Glasgow back. What are you going to do with Jonah Jackson? You know, Jonah Jackson, who is you know kind of hurt a lot. He's a good player, but he's hurt a lot. So availability being an ability, you have your bookend tackles and and Decker and Sewell. So I'm fine there. And then you have Frank Ragnow, who's kind of like, ah, he's talked about it, and that's usually not a good sign. Once a guy starts talking about you know, what he's going to do life after football, that means that he's, he's mentally moving into that next phase of his life. So you need to start looking at center again, too. And it doesn't mean that if you drafted a center like the kid from Oregon, if you, if you had to draft a guy at center, it doesn't mean he's going to come in and play and replace Frank Ragnow right away. That's not going to happen. But it would be probably a pretty good spot to be in, considering the fact that we are looking at having ourselves four picks in the top 100. It's Jackson Powers Johnson, by the way, is the center from Oregon, 6'3, 320, positionally ranked number two, overall ranked number 57, according to ESPN.com. Graham Barton is the number one center. Six five three fourteen 314 out of Duke, right? Is that a direction uh, that you want to go? And then, of course, we think that Marvin Harrison's going to go very early. Roma Dunze, uh, he will go early. Uh, Keon Coleman will probably go early. You remember that name, right? So where do you find yourselves from a wide receiver position? You know, do you find yourself with a, you know, Xavier Worthy out of Texas? Do you find yourself with a Jermaine Burton uh, out of Alabama? Like who's going to be, you know, what direction are you going to go there? But you also know, you know, I'd love to have Roman Wilson. I don't know if we need Amon Ross St. Brown part two. Where is this team going to go in from the secondary standpoint? You know, will Cooper DeGene, will Nate Wiggins, will Quinion Mitchell, Kool Aid McKinstry, will any of these guys be available there for the Detroit Lions that they can address that? Because the reason I bring up the draft is is you're going to have four guys in the top 100, if three of them work out. For Brad Holmes to go four for four last year with those first four picks all in the top four, like that's the top 45, like that's crazy. I Of course, yes, if you draft somebody in the first round, they're expected to be there and contribute day one. Uh, but to have not only Jameer Gibbs, but Jack Campbell, and Sam Laporta, and Brian Branch all being... You know, starters at some point like that's that's pretty and contributing members where we could see a very bright future for that individual on our team. That's pretty impressive. So I don't expect Brad Holmes to go four for four. It's the draft. It's never easy. It's not a pure science. You got to have a really good feel for it. And there's a reason why so many GMs uh, get fired every offseason because guys just, you know, they're just not good at evaluating and picking the talent. I have a lot of faith in Brad Holmes and those four picks in the top 100 should make you, as a Lions fan, feel overall very, very comfortable. Very comfortable. Now what we'll do is uh, when we get a little bit closer, we get through the combine, uh, we'll put up a link on our Twitter page at X's and Bro's, and we'll probably put it up on our Facebook page as well. And uh, we'll have everybody do mock drafts and take a screenshot and post it in the thread so that we can see it and kind of get a gauge uh, for where people are going, because I think that that would be a lot of uh, a lot of fun uh, just to see where everybody's minds uh, are at. You know, if Brad Holmes is able to wheel and deal at all with any of those picks and able to, you know, because who knows? We know that he's not afraid to move around, so we got a lot, of, a lot of questions there for sure. But the Lions say goodbye to Tracy Walker because they have been so strong in the draft. We'll step aside. More X and Bros. Hour 2 next, Michigan Sports Network.
1: The 51-year sportsman's tradition continues. It's Outdoor Rema, the Suburban Collection Showplace, February 22nd through the 25th. Four football fields of outdoor equipment, boats, and activities. Buy your fishing boat from dealers who know how to rig them right. Meet the lodge operators and guides from Michigan to Africa. Hunting and fishing gear, seminars with guides and pros. Great deals on fishing boats and pontoons. And the lumberjacks are back. Free crossover admission to the cottages and Lakefront Living Show. It's Outdoor Rema, the Suburban Collection Showplace, February 22nd through the 25th.
7: here with a reminder that this Friday, 3 until 6, I'm broadcasting statewide from Suburban Collection Showplace in Novi. Outdoor Rama 2024 is happening this weekend. And you can join me at the Impact Power Sports Setup at Outdoor Rama at Suburban Collection Showplace in Novi. And Lomas Brown will be there on Friday, former Lion, 2 until 4. You can see Lomas Brown's Lions golf cart. You could win and meet him at the Impact Power Sports Setup at Outdoor Rama at suburban collection show place hey michigan
2: let's go big i'm herman moore lions all pro wide receiver and i'm talking real big time winning on the hottest slots and table games on one incredible app eagle casino and sports sign up now and get up to fifteen hundred dollars that's right we'll match your deposit for up to fifteen hundred dollars and you'll get 100 free spins Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play.
9: Hi, I'm Lauren and I work for Meijer. People ask, why do I shop there? It's because I get everything in one stop. Like this week's hottest deals on fresh from Meijer, family pack chicken thighs for $1.49 per pound and blackberries for 99 cents. Plus, I can save even more with M-Perks when I shop in-store, online, online, and with every qualifying prescription filled at the Meyer Pharmacy. Meyer has all I need in just one stop. Exclusions apply. See all deals in the Meyer app.
7: Roast Umber is a farm-direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro cold brew coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at roastumber.com
0: Good morning, everyone. It's time for Michigan Sports Talk Morning Show. Broadcasting live all across the state of Michigan and Northwest Ohio. This is Exes and Bros. How are you? How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Good
7: morning. Good morning.
0: Good morning. Good morning. morning. It's a good morning. Wake up to a brand new day. Hello. (laughs)
2: morning
0: good morning vietnam here's your host anthony Bellino.
3: rise and shine folks good wednesday morning to you the 21st day of february 2024 well, february already coming to a close boy oh boy just about a week and a day left in the month before we hit march madness that's very exciting Very exciting for all of those who partake. Uh, It's so great to be riding along with you no matter who you are, where you are, how you may be listening all across the great state of Michigan and in Northwest Ohio and worldwide on the iHeartRadio app. We say good morning to you. We welcome you. We thank you. We appreciate you. And, of course, we encourage you to join the program at any time. Text the keyword sports radio. Send that to 21000. Sports radio to 21000. Super Supercenter guest line 866-838-4843, 866-838-4843. 866-838-4843. 866-838. Huge. We're on Twitter at XP Mornings, Facebook X's and Bros. And, of course, good morning to our television audience as well on BCSN and streaming live on our YouTube page at Michigan Sports Network and... On our Facebook as well, at X's and Bro's. So find us there. Give us a thumbs up. Tell everybody you like us. Like our post. I posted it to my wall. Uh, Michigan Network.com is the website. Mornings at gmail.com is our fan feedback email inbox. You can find us all individually on Twitter. Ryan Elke is at Ryan L underscore key. Ben Glaze is at D. Ben Glaze. And I'm Anthony Bellino at AC Bellino. All right, what's going on in the world of sports? We'll try to get you all caught up with all the happenings. We'll do so right now in the headlines
0: big news I have a little news flash let's check the headlines nah it's real news for once the biggest stories of the local regional and national news
3: this is huge news all right, huge news, a couple of basketball games uh, last night. The Toledo Rockets upset the Akron Zips. That game was in Toledo, 72-64, your final score there, which means those two teams are tied top the standings in the Mid-American Conference at 11-2 apiece. Akron with the lead overall, 19-7 on the year. The Rockets are 17-9. And nipping at the heels. How about winners of three in a row, Ryan, Central Michigan Chippewas. Fire up, chips, is what they say. Three consecutive wins. They beat Old Dominion by one, beat Western Michigan by 27, and then last night beating Bowling Green there in McGurk. Is it still McGurk? I think it is still McGurk. 62-60, to they have a road game against Miami coming up, but we got ourselves a, a little bit of a three-horse race with Ohio Uh, Our guy, Kyle Barlow, Barlow's buddies, uh, three games back right now of Toledo and Akron, Central Michigan, just one game back of both of those clubs. And that was a massive win against Bowling Green because Bowling Green now drops to four games back, uh, both Central and BG, 16 and 10 overall. And Central Michigan, talk about beefing up the schedule. They played Oklahoma on the road, Florida State on the road, Ohio State on the road, right? And had a a big win against South Florida. Uh, So they started off. 0 three. They took on a Creighton team that was number ten in the country at the time. They got drilled by Creighton. I mean, they lost by forty five to Creighton, one hundred nine to sixty four. But they've scheduled tough, and it's. Uh, I really enjoyed our conversation with Dave Briggs yesterday. I really did because it's such a quandary that the Mid American Conference finds themselves in. Because you know, people have always said, like, okay, well, you know, if they get too good, and then no one will, no one will come and play them. Nobody is coming to play them, anyways which I think is an absolute travesty in college basketball. Like Eastern, Western, and Central should all, they, they should have some sort of combo of home games. Like Michigan can go on the road and play Eastern. Michigan State can go on the road and play Central. Um, and both could you know do the same and go to Waldo's World in Kalamazoo to take on the Broncos. And and I think it's such a travesty that, you know, the Mid-American Conference has gotten to a point where the only way they can get the big game is that they play on the road in those quote-unquote buy games where a team comes to pay them, right? And then they're trying to get their financial boost from playing those teams. At the end of the day, yeah, you're going to have to go win one of them. Like, it's going to have to happen. Like, you're going to have to go on the road. But then if you do win, then people don't schedule you. But it's like, okay, so that's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is like we call it the power five in football, which is now going to be the power four since the PAC 12 only has two teams in it, but we call it the high majors in basketball power six in the big East comes into play. And it's like, well, how does that happen? Like, how does the Mac get to the same realm as a team like Creighton, for example, you know, UConn was the unanimous number one coming into this week. The first unanimous number one, this season, in the AP top 25, and then they ran into an absolute buzzsaw in Creighton and lost by 20 points, 85 to 66 last night. Like, how does the Mid American conference get to the point where, you know, top to bottom, there there aren't a bunch of Ken Palm, you know, plus one hundred teams? Like, how can they figure that out? What needs to happen? What needs to change? And as Dave pointed out, out of the 15 guys that made all conference teams, eight were eligible to come back, two actually did. Six guys left for greener pastures for bigger schools. And I'll use Ray J. Dennis for example. Ray J. Dennis had a great season at Toledo, decided to uh jump ship and, and transfer out. He went to Baylor. He's having a great year for Baylor. A great year. Uh, we saw a couple of guys do that to the Ohio Bobcats where it's like, okay, so we lose a we lose a guard and a forward. One goes to oh hell, where does um where'd the big fella go somewhere out East, like for, what Virginia or something like that. And then, you know, the guard goes down to Alabama and is having a hell of a career. I'm not going to knock the player for doing that. I, I, I'm i really not. Uh, I think that that's the, if that's the opportunity, if you are an all conference kind of guy, it doesn't work out for everybody. You know, Jaron Simmons was an all Mac player at Ohio. Uh, he ended up at Michigan. And then, you know, at Michigan, he was behind Eli Brooks and Xavier Simpson. Now he's not uh, part of the coaching staff, Right. And so when I look at a a guy who wants to make that jump, make that leap to the power five, I'm totally fine with that. But my question is, how do you like, you don't hear a lot of guys transferring out of Villanova to go to like Texas. A guy from Creighton doesn't leave to go to Nebraska. Right? So how do we get the mid American conference to that status on the national scale? That's the biggest question uh, that I have for them. Michigan state last night fell to Iowa at home. 78 uh, 271. They'll bounce back in a couple of days. Love Ohio State and the Buckeyes. Ooh, the Diebler boys. They got a little bump from the firing of their coach, Chris Holtman. Matty Sissoko. Five minutes, no points. Uh, the team was led. Michigan State was. Malik Hall was 7 of 13 of the field. He was 16 and 10 and 5 was his stat line. How about Walker? He was good too. 37 minutes. Scored 16 points. Added a couple of rebounds at four assists. Turnover number low. That was great. Well, only eight turnovers, but you know, it, and they shot 50% from three. So it probably would have helped if they would have scored more than 33 points in the first half, but uh, that's the way that the cookie crumbles uh, from time to time. Patriots Matthew Slater retiring from the NFL after 16 seasons. He has the NFL record for the most special teams' Pro Bowl appearances with 10. The Detroit Red Wings side Michael Rasmussen. How about this? The 24-year-old, kind of a Mr. Do-it-all. Getting a four-year, $12.8 million extension uh, yesterday. He was scheduled to become an unrestricted, or pardon me, become a restricted free agent at the end of the season following the uh, expiring three-year, $4.38 million deal. He signed on July 22nd of 2021, the ninth overall pick in the 2017 draft by Detroit. He's got a career 109 points, and the Red Wings will host the Colorado Avalanche uh, tomorrow night. Excited for that one. I get to work for my friend Eric Briney, so that'll be cool. Uh, but they, look... They got a second wildcard spot in the Eastern Conference right now. Big time matchup tomorrow night against the Avs. And you get this deal done with Raz to keep him in the system. I like that move a lot. And it's a very team-friendly deal. I mean, four years, 12.8 million is 3.2 on average. I think that's great. Uh, EA Sports College Football 25 will include uh, Notre Dame. I don't know why they wouldn't include Notre Dame. Uh, But a back-and-forth of the school allowing its market, uh, markings to be used in the game has been up for discussion for almost two years. Of course, it's Notre Dame. Notre Dame said it will participate in the game, which is expected to come out uh, this summer. I don't know why you would make such a big fuss over this. Like that makes no sense whatsoever. Like, yes, of course you want your, of course you want your branding in that game. Like, why wouldn't you? And Aaron Judge said that his toe was going to require, quote, constant maintenance the rest of his career. Remember, he tore that ligament in his big toe, rushing into the wall, 6'7", 282. Wound up hitting 262 with 37 homers and 75 RBI in 106 games uh, last season. We'll step aside. When we return, we've got an update from Kansas City. We'll talk about that next year. Exes and Bro's Michigan Sports Network.
0: Leonard Skinner. CC are... Top august 9th at soaring eagle casino the sharp Dressed simple man tour leonard skinner and
2: zz top tickets start at 38 and are on
0: sale now at the box office and etix.com part of the soaring eagle summer outdoor concert series leonard skinner and zz top friday august 9th at soaring eagle casino and resort
6: The Freddy the Pizza Man Foundation is dedicated to providing support to families and Michigan schools touched by autism. We invite you to join us in supporting these families and schools by making a donation at freddithepizzaman.com With your donation, you can help provide essential resources that can make a real impact. Visit freddithepizzaman.com to make a donation and to learn more about the foundation's mission. That's f-r-e-d-i-the-pizzaman.com Together, we can make a difference.
7: Rose Dumber is a farm direct coffee sourced from central american farmers and roasted in grand rapids and also the nitro cold brew coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives look for it at your local retailer or at roastumber.com
0: this is x's and bros on the michigan sports network
3: Welcome back here to Axis and Bros, Michigan Sports Network. Great to have you ride along with us, no matter who you are, where you are, how you may be listening all across the great state of Michigan and in Northwest Ohio and worldwide on the iHeartRadio app. We say good morning to you. We welcome you. We thank you. We appreciate you. And, of course, uh, we encourage you to join the program at any time. You can text the keyword sports radio and send that to 21000. Sports Radio to 21000 our Myers Super Center Guest Line 866-838-4843 that's 866-838-4843 and uh, we have to go into like the the somber news portion uh, of the of the program today because I think it's uh, I think it's important to keep everyone up to date with the the happenings of what is taking place now in Kansas City take a listen
8: Defendant Mays was in a verbal argument with another individual and the evidence um, does not reflect in these early moments that there was any prior history between these individuals. That argument very quickly escalated to Mays drawing his firearm, a handgun. Almost immediately others pulled their firearms. Defendant Miller uh, was one of those individuals. While both adults um, are charged with murder. The evidence tells us that it was Mr. Miller's firearm. Mr. Miller's firearm struck Lisa Lopez Galvin. Peters Baker.
3: So that's where we're at right now. And in case you're wondering, well, what do you mean? Yesterday, Missouri prosecutors said that two adults have been charged with the murder in last week's mass shooting that killed one person and injured 22 others near the end of the Chiefs' Super Bowl parade. Lindell Mays of Raytown, Missouri, and Dominic Miller of Kansas City, of Missouri, that is, are both charged with second-degree murder, two counts of armed criminal action, and unlawful use of a weapon. Now, according to court documents, the two men were strangers. They pulled guns on each other and began the OK Corral after an argument. Both men were shot. They have both been hospitalized since the shooting. And uh, Jean Peters Baker said during this news conference, she's the Jackson County prosecutors. They're each being held on one million dollars bond. The argument began when two groups of people were agitated over the belief that people in the other group were staring at them. In the video, it shows that Mays was the first to begin shooting despite being surrounded by crowds of people. Mays told detectives, quote, he hesitated shooting because he knew there were kids there. But he began firing after someone in the other group said, I'm going to get you, which he took to mean that they were going to try to kill him. Miller initially told investigators that he and his friends began running after hearing the gunfire, that he was shot in the back, one of the affidavits says. Now, investigators told Miller they had video of him chasing someone in Mays' group and shooting. Miller admitted to firing four to five shots. A bullet from Miller's gun is the one that killed Lisa Lopez Galvin and there, are, there is also, in the initial reports, there are also two juveniles in this case involved as well. 22 people that were shot ranged in the age of 8 to 47. Now, we did have a shooting that wounded several people last year in Denver after the Nuggets NBA championship uh, parade. And the minors uh, issue is, is pretty interesting uh, because they are being described, authorities... Didn't release the age of either man mazes in his early 20s. Miller is either 18 or 19. And these new charges come after two juveniles were detained last week on gun related and resisting arrest charges. Now, I am um, I'm a little shocked that we haven't seen. And I had this debate with somebody last night where they said, you know, shoot the, the shooters don't need any more news coverage. Uh, I see I I I go exactly the opposite way. I don't think that this should be swept under the rug and acted like, you know, nothing happened. I don't think that this should be kept quiet. I think this should be a very public case. And I think that the juveniles that are involved, their parents should be charged just like what we saw here in Oxford. How do you have access to a firearm? How do you not know where your children are at? How do you not I mean you are responsible for them. They are not adults yet. So in that regard, I would go after the parents as well. I would make a national spectacle of this. I would have this on the news every day of the week until people learn to figure it out that hey, if my kids are out there and they get involved in a shooting or a gun crime, I'm going to be held responsible as an adult, as a parent. Cuz the kids have already ruined their lives and I'm sure this isn't they they didn't just walk out there and just like, oh, today I'm going to carry a handgun. Like this is a this is a pattern of behavior here. I'm sure if we go if we if we do some research here, I'm sure whether we could find it in school records, behavioral patterns, I'm sure we could find it uh, probably just in regular you know, documentation from, from the police department. And I, I honestly think that this is like your your behavior and conduct in school should be part of a record that the government keeps and will ha- actually have some weight as to whether or not you are legally Allowed to purchase a firearm. Period. Because that's that's what it comes down to. Uh, I'm I'm not opposed at all to having any sort of tougher laws on firearms. Because the people like me, the law-abiding citizen, it doesn't affect us. You know, for anybody who's listening to this right now that has purchased a, a firearm, whether you went to, um, you know, like a like a range and bought one there, whether you went to a sporting goods store and bought one there. Uh, if you want to, you know, people see that the AR, you know, the assault rifle, and they want a ban on on assault rifles, but they will look at an AR and look at an M14, not know the the difference. One is, you know, carbon and plastic; the other one, as a as a wood frame, and they don't see the wood frame, you know, rifle as as a threat, even though that M14 or the Mini 14, they can have the quote unquote banana clip in it. You can absolutely do that. You can do drum magazines. You can absolutely do that. I mean, M14, that's what they carried in Vietnam. Does a civilian need to have that? If you want to, you're allowed to have it. But, but I wouldn't, I would make the process a whole hell of a lot harder, to be honest with you. Because think about it like this from a law abiding citizen standpoint, I'd rather have less idiots with guns and more people like me. That's the way I look at it. So the less idiots with guns, the less we have to worry. And I, I just, what I want to make sure happens is, is that when something like this happens, we get the full details uh, because there is a, there, there's something very interesting. You go back to that, uh, the, the school, the Catholic school shooting in Tennessee, right? And the shooter had a manifesto, but we never really got to see that. Why is that? Why is that? That's a question I'd like to know. I wish somebody would come forth with an answer. Uh, the minors in this case, their identities are not being released, but we have seen minors in other gun-related crimes see their names and photographs be released. Hmm. It's interesting. Why is that? It's Missouri law? Okay. I can get down with that. That's fair. That's fair. Was it, was it a law in another state where we saw underage kids carrying firearms? So you... Absolutely charge the parents and you go after them with all you can. And I think that that is the way that you develop some sort of responsibility here, because that, that's what, that's what we're lacking. Uh, We are lacking a responsible society in which, you know, people are having kids and that's fine, but you're having kids. You're not taking care of them and that's not okay. So either you're going to raise your kids or our penitentiary system is going to. You choose. And either you're going to raise the kid or you are going to the penitentiary. You know, track people down. Mom and dad, hold them accountable. Took two to tango. You're both accountable. Where are you at? Where you been? Why aren't you here every day? You know, so that's that's the way that I would approach it. I think that's common sense. I think that's common sense. And every every time I come up with a with a gun law, it is in favor of people like me who own firearms legally. Without any problem. They've never gone off without me pulling the trigger. They've never got up, ran out of my house. Yeah. You know, they're responsible. And we're going to teach responsibility. And this is part of it like, you know, you got to be tough on crime though. You have to be. There can there can be no leeway. Like you have to be hard. To the point where it's like, you know what? I don't even want to carry one of those because I want to get caught. That will start to shift some things. Parents will tend to know like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if little Billy should know where this is at. We'll step aside back with more X's and bros after this Michigan sports network.
8: Save big on fuel with M Perks. Earn points on your Meyer purchases in store and online. Then use your points to claim a fuel reward and save up to one dollar off per gallon of gas at Meyer. Claim your M Perks fuel rewards in the Meyer app and ID at the pump to save. Plus, earn points for qualifying Meyer Express purchases and look for exclusive Meyer Express offers. Download the Meyer app to sign up or see Meijer.com to learn more. Ten cents to one dollar off per gallon, based on points earned. Exclusions apply. Not valid in Wisconsin. Max thirty gallons
6: The Freddy the Pizza Man Foundation is dedicated to providing support to families and Michigan schools touched by autism. We invite you to join us in supporting these families and schools by making a donation at freddithepizzaman.com. With your donation, you can help provide essential resources that can make a real impact. Visit freddithepizzaman.com to make a donation and to learn more about the foundation's mission. That's f-r-e-d-i-thepizzaman.com. Together, we can make a difference.
0: listening to Michigan Statewide Morning Show, X's and Bro's, right here on the Michigan Sports Network.
3: Welcome back here to X's and Bro's, Michigan Sports Network. Great to have you right along with us, no matter who you are, where you are, how you may be listening, all across the great state of Michigan and in Northwest Ohio and worldwide on the iHeartRadio app say good morning to you, we welcome you, we thank you, we appreciate you, and of course, we encourage you to join the program at any time. You can text the keyword sports radio, send that to 21000. Sports radio to 21000. Our Meyer Supercenter guest line, 866-838-4843. That's 866-838-4843. 866-838-HUGE is the number. Now, over to college football. Uh, The college football playoff committee unanimously approved the 5-plus-7 model for the new 12-team format. This is after months of delay trying to figure out exactly what is going to happen to the Pac-12. They officially made it and confirmed it was going to be the 6 plus 6. Now it's going to be the 5 plus 7 model. Oh, what a format, huh? Yeah, throw, throw a cool name on it. Now, the the deal was, you know, you had Washington State's President Kirk Schultz representing the Pac-12 on the board told uh, the four-letter network last week that he would confer with Oregon State, and be ready to vote. Neither of the schools can qualify for an automatic bid as a conference champion in each of the next two seasons, so Schultz conceded the seven at-large bids would be more beneficial to them. They're never going to make it, so I don't know what they're worried about. It's just the, that's the long and short of it. That's the harsh reality. The format was proposed before the Pac-12 lost to USC, UCLA, Washington, and Oregon to the Big Ten, Cal and Stanford to the ACC, and then the the ones that made reasonable sense, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, and Colorado went to the Big 12. The Pac-12 and Mountain West have an agreement on a temporary scheduling, yada, yada, yada. The 5-plus-7 format will assure that the conference champions from the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the ACC get a spot in the playoff along with the highest-ranked group of five conference champions. The college football playoff intentionally will not refer to the group of five in its description of the format, though, because there is a chance that a champion from one of the power four conferences finishes ranked below the top champion from the American Conference USA, Mountain West, Sunbelt, or the MAC. In 2021, for example, undefeated number four Cincinnati was the American Athletic Conference champion. The ACC champion Pitt finished at number 12 with two losses. In the 12-team format, the four highest-ranked conference champions Will receive the first round bye. So there's the difference there. So you don't have to worry about the group of five in the description of the format because we are looking at five highest ranked conference champions and then seven at large. So Cincinnati would have gotten the bye, and they did not. That's probably a good thing that they didn't do this with Pitt being the ACC champion finishing at 12. Once again you have the ranking system which to me is outdated and ridiculous. So for the next 2 years, the remainder of the college football playoff's current 12-year contract, Washington State and Oregon State will each continue to receive the full Power 5 revenue distribution, which is 5 to 6 million dollars per school. They're asking to continue to receive that amount for the next CFP contract not knowing what their conference affiliation will be. Hmm, interesting. According to this proposal by the Pac-12's two schools, Oregon State and Washington State are asking for a distribution share in voting rights equal to the lowest per school pro-rate of share of the ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, or, or SEC conference distribution, regardless of how those four conferences actually distribute to their members. This is the direction. Now, this is this is a step in kind of the right direction is the expanded 12-team playoff. This is a good idea. Somebody had asked me about this Yesterday. And I have a legitimate question for you. With the SEC and the Big Ten expanding at the rate that they have expanded in both damn near 20 teams to this point, do you think we're going in or moving to a two-super conference alignment here? Think about this for a second. You'll have 18 schools in the Big Ten, probably add two more. Make it 20. The SEC is going to get that boost, where right now they too have 14 schools. That's going to up to 16 with Texas and Oklahoma. So here is my question. Do you see a world in which the super conferences combine and we restructure all of college football as we know it? So we'd have like D1A, D1AA, D1AAA, or something along those lines. Maybe we restructure all, like in the entirety of the divisions. Because if a school's not competing in D1 football, why are we worried about them in D1 basketball? Sorry, Villanova. There are too many Division one schools. We know that. I mean, come on, 363 teams in basketball? How are you supposed to figure out who's going to be in the tournament? 363 teams, by God. You know, do you want the, let's say the regular season Mid-American Conference champion in basketball doesn't win the conference tournament, okay? Do you want the regular season champion to be in the tournament or Indiana? Look at where Indiana's at right now, you tell me. Which school would you rather have? Which school are you more interested in? For us in this area of the country, we might lean towards the MAC because like, yeah, give the MAC some love. But the committee's going to look at Indiana and say, no, we're going to put it in Indiana. Like, that's the way it works. What we need to do is somehow get rid of these committees. That's the first step. But what if we restructured college football altogether? What if we had four divisions of 12? Follow me on this, Right. got this brand new model that's going to hold us over and then we're going to readjust and change things all over again. Whatever. But what if we did that? Could you get down to 48 teams in the elite, like the Premier League of college football? And if you did, if you did, somebody's feelings are getting hurt. Somebody's getting left out. Who would you put in from the Big Ten? Because remember, we've got the ACC teams. Florida State, they're in. Clemson, they're in. Miami, they're in. What do you do about North Carolina and Duke? Do you keep them as well? Do you keep in a Louisville an NC State? It, it, like, really, you start to think back to the great traditions in basketball you start to think to yourself, okay, all right, so if you're going to keep football separate from basketball, if football's going to be its own deal, that way we don't have to worry about, you know, the other quote-unquote sports that are being sponsored by. You know, basketball can stick with the athletic department. Football's going to be completely different. Who would you consider for the, from the ACC to get in? Like Vanderbilt football is out. I'm telling you that right now. Vanderbilt is out. Can you leave out Mississippi State? Can you leave out Arkansas? Because Alabama's in, LSU's in, Tennessee's in, Georgia's in, Florida's in. For sure. For sure. Who else makes it? Who out of the Big Ten? Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Wisconsin? Michigan State? In the Big 12... Texas, Oklahoma, which are now going SEC. Who do you keep out of the Big 12? Oklahoma State? Iowa State? West Virginia? Do you keep those teams? If you're going to restructure all of college football as a whole, can you whittle this thing down to 60? Like the American Conference would be gone from this conversation. That's a whole bunch of teams. The Mac would be gone from this conversation. The Sun Belt would be out. The Mountain West would be out. Right? These are things, you know, the Pac-12 basically dissolves, so you don't have to worry about them. What do you do with Notre Dame? Well, they'd have to join. Conference USA, you're gone. Could you do it? Would you be willing to do that? To have a more stable structure for college football? Would you be able to put together a tiered system here? And I'm not going to go as far as relegation, although I think relegation would be beautiful. But Purdue is gone. Indiana has gone. Like, say goodbye to them. Like, they're like, why in the world Indiana, for, for instance, we can even go SEC. Why does Vanderbilt get a share of the success that Alabama has? Answer that for me, if you can. In what kind of system are we going to give a team that can't produce a business entity that doesn't produce? In what system is Walmart giving Meyer money? Not in our system. And I know this sounds crazy, right? But we have to think outside of the box. We have to break away from what the norm has been because nothing's normal anymore. Everything has changed. Uh, I saw that one of the NCAA, uh, you know, leaders is talking about like you know not putting something on the transfer. Like you shouldn't be able to freewheel transfer eighteen times throughout your college career. Like that's bad for that's bad for business. It is. It's bad for the sports. If you want to allow a one-time free transfer, by all means, go right ahead. Any transfer from there, you should have to sit out a year. That's a, that's a great rule. That's a great rule. But we're letting the inmates run the asylum. Like, that's what's happening. The clowns are running the circus right now. And that that just cannot be. This hopping from school to school nonstop is ridiculous. Well, the coaches get to do The coaches have a buyout. Why does nobody ever bring that up? Well, this coach left. And if the coach leaves, guess what? You got a free transfer. There's your free transfer right there. You can leave for free and not have and there's no penalty. But you know what the coaches have to do? When a coach leaves, there's a buyout. Somebody's got to pay for that. That's in the contracts. But nobody ever talks about that. People are like, oh, coaches change chairs all the time. Okay. And it costs money to do so. Chris Holtman is no longer coaching at Ohio State. He had a $12.7 million buyout and four years left on his contract. They're going to pay him $13 million to not coach. What do you as a player, if, if, the, if a team decides to cut you, what's your buyout? If you decide to transfer, what's your buyout? That's how that, that right there is how I'd strap Nil until we have a for sure system in place with a salary cap. You sign this dotted line, and you're a player that wants pay for play because it's not name image and likeness, call it what it is, pay for play. You want 100 grand. Great. You want to transfer your buyout to a quarter million. Boom, done, problem solved. There you go, easy peasy. They're not leaving. Who's going to pay for that? Nobody, nobody. You signed on the dotted line. You signed your contract. Honor your contract. A coach takes a job at another school as a promotion. Doesn't get fired. Guess what? He's got a buyout. So that's how you that, that's how you fix the NIL transfer madness right now. Put a buyout clause on everybody. Make it two hundred fifty thousand dollars. You sign on this line. You are committed to us for minimum three years. Because if somebody's three years removed, we can't put a restriction on them if they want to go to the NFL. Minimum three years. You can do it that way. You could say a minimum of two years and grant somebody a, a free pass transfer if they want. But that's how you get that under, under, the, under control, if you will, because this is ridiculous. And everybody always, you know, and I found it very interesting when Kirk Herbstreet was talking about NCAA 25 coming back out. It's a video game. I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to play it. I don't really care. You know, but for me personally, when when listening to Kirk Herbstreet talk about it, he was like, you know, I was just happy to be in the game. When did that be? When did that change? When did that attitude change? Like there wasn't money involved back then. There was money involved, but we were grateful for opportunity. And we saw value in what the school was providing us, which somehow got all thrown out the window. I'm not really sure exactly how. Well, they're making this amount of money. Well, they were making a ton of money beforehand. Is it more money now? Sure. Are the numbers crazy now? Yeah, of course they are. Nobody's denying that. But when did it become such an issue to now we're getting the trickle-down effect of NIL in high school? That's an absolute joke. You, you know, you want to make money, get a job. Football is my job. Find a different career. <laughs> Find a different career. So that that's where that's where I stand at. I think that we have to completely look at everything that we're doing and put everything out there on the table. And would college football be a better overall product? I mean, think about it. Like, what if you if you got it down to thirty two teams? Now you're really hurting some people's feelings. Is your program one of the top 32 teams in all of college football? Do you have enough there from a body of work, from a historical standpoint, to be considered one of the top 32 teams in college football? That's a legitimate question. That's a lot of programs have to answer that. A lot of teams. Rutgers, no. Maryland, no. Indiana, Purdue, no. Illinois mm-mm. Minnesota see ya right Northwestern great academic school boo-booy Nebraska I mean I don't think that Nebraska can contend anymore I mean I know that we've you know for the last 30 years we've been talking about well wait till Nebraska Nebraska's never coming back folks they're gone it's it's over it's over what Nebraska did last year, 5-7, and seven, I would say is a pretty mediocre year for them. Are they ever going to win 10 games again? And they play in the Big Ten West. Can you imagine what Michigan would have done to the Big Ten West the last three years? Can you imagine Ohio State in the Big Ten West? Are you kidding me right now? Like, I don't think Nebraska ever comes back. They're never going to be 1995 again. Like, it's over for Nebraska. They just, they, they don't have, they... The environment's cool, sure. Uh, That's great and all. They cannot recruit the players that they need. There's too many other options out there. Who's going to Nebraska? When Florida State's calling, when Miami is calling, when Ohio State is calling, who's choosing Nebraska over them? Nobody that I know. Nobody in their right mind. So, for me, I think we need to kind of open our minds a little bit to what college football looks like going forward. How do we come up with a model that satisfies a fan base that is the most powerful fan base in American sport? It's the fan base of the National Football League. How do you replicate a system that applies National Football League logic and intelligence to college football? How do we come up with a way that we have a set criteria to make a playoff? How do we come up with a way where our scheduling top to bottom is vastly improved over what it's been over the last 15 years? Instead of one or two marquee games in the non conference, every game matters. How do you do that? You know, because yes, every game matter in college football. Sure. I mean you you botch one, you lose to an Appalachian state. I've been there, seen it, done it, lived it. Your season's over. You're toast. The only way to come back from that is to literally house everybody and pray to God you were to get in as an at-large in this new format. I don't want any more at-large bids. We don't need that. What we need is exactly right in front of us. That's what college football needs. College football needs the NFL system. The question is, are you willing to be open-minded enough to completely change and flip the sport on its head? Step aside. Hour three is next. X's and Bros. Michigan Sports Network.
1: The 51 year sportsman's tradition continues. It's Outdoor Rema, the Suburban Collection Showplace, February 22nd through the 25th. Four football fields of outdoor equipment, boats, and activities. Buy your fishing boat from dealers who know how to rig them right. Meet the lodge operators and guides from Michigan to Africa. Hunting and fishing gear, seminars with guides and pros. Great deals on fishing boats and pontoons. And the Lumberjacks are back. Free crossover admission to the Contents and Lakefront Living Show. It's Outdoor Rema, the Suburban Collection Showplace, February 22nd through the 25th.
7: here with a reminder that this Friday, 3 until 6, I'm broadcasting statewide from Suburban Collection Showplace in Novi. Outdoor-Rama 2024 is happening this weekend. And you can join me at the Impact Power Sports Setup at Outdoor-Rama at Suburban Collection Showplace in Novi. And Lomas Brown will be there on Friday, former Lion, 2 until 4. You can see Lomas Brown's Lions golf cart. You could win and meet him at the Impact Power Sports Setup at Outdoor-Rama at Suburban Collection Showplace. There's a new player
2: in town. Hi, I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro Wide Receiver, and I'm talking about Eagle Casino and Sports, the real-money mobile casino. It's so easy to play. You can go from wager to winner to wallet, just like that. Sign up now and we'll match your deposit up to $1,500, or you can get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan.
9: 20 to play. Hi, I'm Lauren and I work for Meyer. People ask, why do I shop there? It's because I get everything in one stop. Like this week's hottest deals on fresh from Meyer family pack chicken thighs for $1.49 per pound and blackberries for 99 cents. Plus, I can save even more with M-Perks when I shop in store, online and with every qualifying prescription filled at the Meijer Pharmacy. Meyer has all I need in just one stop. Exclusions apply. See all deals in the Meyer app.
7: Huge here for Van Andel Institute Purple Community. Now they're a grassroots fundraising network powered by the volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve health now and in the future. Learn more at purplecommunity.org
0: it's time for Michigan Sports Talk Morning Show. Broadcasting live all across the state of Michigan and northwest Ohio. This is X's and Bros. Is again.
1: Oh, John Swings it out to Sadiq Tate. Get Benny At midcourt, extra pass. And it goes for the win. The to give, Walker, get it,
2: Walker,
10: touchdown, Swarty!
2: Goff's got it, back, looks, throws, ends up, yes. caught, touchdown to Clive.
1: they did it, Armand Rossley Brown, the receiving end! Sends one to deep left center field, back it goes, and that ball's out of here, a grand slam from a John Cabrera, he's got two goals, Parkin, in on goal, scores!
0: Here's your host, Anthony Bellino.
3: Rise and shine, folks. Welcome back here, X's and Bro's on the Michigan Sports Network. That's Ben Glaze and Ryan Elke. I'm Anthony Bellino. We say good morning to you. We welcome you. We thank you. We appreciate you. And of course, we encourage you. Join the program at any time. Text the keyword sports radio. Send that to 21000 sports radio to 21000. Our Super Supercenter Guest Line 866-838-4843. That's 866-838-4843. 866-838-HUGE. We're on Twitter at XP Mornings. Facebook exes and bros and of course good morning to our television audience as well on bcsn and streaming live on our youtube and our facebook pages youtube michigan sports network facebook exes and bros find us all individually on twitter ryan key is Ryan L underscore key Benglaze at the Benglaze, and i'm anthony Bellino at ac bolino uh got a message here ab like your transfer transfer portal buyout scenario but why a quarter million for the players it doesn't have to be i was just coming up with a number um, you, you could make it. You could make it simple as this: If you are on a pay-for-play, quote-unquote NIL or NL NIL deal, then your buyout to transfer is the equivalent of what you were paid by the school for your pay-for-play. Because I almost kind of want to refuse to call it name, image, and likeness. NIL deals are trash. We know it's not that. There's like a handful of players that actually do name, image, and likeness. Everybody else is what do we got? If you don't believe me, ask anybody that works in college football right now. Anybody. That's like the second question they get. Hey, you interested in playing here? Yeah, what do I get? What do you mean, what do you get? You haven't done anything yet. So just make that. You know, hey, look, if we if we paid a player $100,000 to play here, their buyout becomes that $100,000, and you can transfer wherever you want. Problem solved. Problem solved. I would just do it that way. You don't even have to put a quarter million tag on it. Whatever they were paid in name, image, and likeness, Pay for play. There's your buyout. Same way we do with coaches. Because that's always the that's always counter argument. Well, these coaches get to go wherever. Somebody pays for it. This isn't this free agency of coaches. Chris Holtman got fired. They have to pay him $12.7 million. He had four years and $14 million on his deal left. That's a big move from Ohio State. That is a large financial commitment by a university to fire a guy in the middle of a season, who's now going to have to pay a new coach and pay off their old coach. Especially in today's climate and atmosphere. That tells you how much money Ohio State can generate. That's crazy. Man. So until you want to get players under contract and allow them to unionize and come up with a collectively bargained agreement, do it this way. And now you can solve the problem. Uh, I do find it interesting, and I'm not mad at Keon Sab. By the way, Keon Sab is transferred to Alabama. That's kind of strange. Uh, the reason it is strange is that he made his pick like almost immediately, and I believe uh, a rumor is circulating that he's already enrolled. So those conversations must have started early. And I get it, Keon Sab wants to play. I get it. Okay, that's fine. So what would his buyout be? Whatever the school paid him. And then if you're really if you're really that concerned maybe it makes you think twice. Cuz I don't know what this portal stuff means. We none of us do. We won't know for 10, 15, 20 years from now. We could look back and say, "Wow, we really messed that up." We can have our revisionist history then. But right now we're just trying to navigate the waters that are just I mean, it's like a it's like a tsunami. We're, we are honestly like Christopher Columbus sailing West, not having any idea what's out there. We have no idea. And there's no way to, there's no way to plan for it. There's no way to prepare for it because no one will make the big boy decision to put their, pull their pants up, sit down at the table with their, their little feather, dip it in the ink, and start drafting a contract. No one will do that. And so we end up in this absolute realm of just complete chaos. Complete chaos. All right, what else is going on in the sports world? We'll try to get you all caught up with all the happenings. We'll do so right now in the headlines.
0: Big news! I have a little news flash. Let's check the headlines. No, it's real news for once. The biggest stories of the local, regional, and national news. This
6: is
3: huge news. Huge news! Jeremy Reisman joins the show coming up at eight thirty-five this morning. We're talking a little lions with him and the update with Tracy Walker. So stay tuned for that. Two adults have been charged in the murder at the Kansas City chiefs championship parade two juveniles are also in custody there creighton wiped the floor with undisputed number one uconn uconn the first unanimous number one in the ap poll this this year lost 85 to 66 complete buzzsaw there shout out to the central michigan chippewas by the way (laughs) their third consecutive dub they beat Bowling Green by two, 62 to 60. And we've got ourselves quite a race in the MAC because we also last night had the uh, Toledo Rockets with a big win over the Akron Zips, 72 to 64. And now we're going to get some serious action. Toledo and Akron sp- split their series, both teams are 11 and 2. Overall, Akron has the edge. They're 19 and seven on the year. Toledo is 17 and nine. Central Michigan trails both teams by one game. They are 16 and ten on the year. Followed by the Ohio Bobcats, who are eight and five in conference play. At 14 and 12 overall, two games back at Central, three games back overall. So we have a uh, we have a just a massive race going on right now in the MAC, and it's it's a glorious thing to see. The Iowa Hawkeyes went on the road, upset the Michigan State Spartans 78. 271 it was interesting because Michigan State 10 of 20 from the three-point line only had eight turnovers I don't know how they lost this game 20 assists on 27 made shots Uh, I guess so you know when you look at the free throw disparity the same thing that happened to Michigan on Saturday night happened to Michigan State at home on Tuesday Iowa was 18 of 23 from the stripe Michigan State was 7 of 14 There's your ball game. Matthew Slater, who holds the NFL record for the most special teams Pro Bowl appearances with 10, announced that he is going to retire from the National Football League after 16 seasons. Get that studio audience ready one more time for Stevie Y. The Detroit Red Wings signed forward Michael Rasmussen to a four-year contract extension worth $12.8 million yesterday. Rasmussen's 24 has appeared in 55 games this season, posting 23 points, 11 goals, 12 assists. He's a plus 11 in the plus minus I really like this deal. He's kind of a grinded out, do it all, good size, not afraid to dig it out of the corners. Like, I like this move a lot for the Detroit Red Wings and Steve Eiserman, and uh, definitely in the race up there with Brad Holmes for GM of the year in the Motor City, although he received so much hate by so many people when he got here saying that he had never done anything. I always found that very interesting. Very interesting. And he had to take a roster and completely flip it. He's had some guys work. He's had to say some say goodbye to some other guys. You know the Anthony Manthas of the world, the double A's of the world, had to say goodbye. Tough decisions, grown up choices there. And some people, I mean they they thought we were being too lenient on Steve Eiserman. It takes time. It takes time. I heard somebody talking about how this this city's so soft and we have to bow down to Brad Holmes. Nobody's bowing to Brad Holmes. Nobody's bowing to Steve Eiserman. They're men. They put their pants on just like you and I. They just have different jobs. That's all. Nobody's bowing down to anybody. Relax. All right. It's a little, it's a little disrespectful. It's a little over the line right there. At the end of the day, Steve Eiserman and Brad Holmes have no say on what Ted and Taylor is doing right now. Or what Greg and Grand Rapids is doing right now. Like those guys have to wake up every morning. This is this is just for fun. None of this affects our day to day lives. So just relax on that chatter, would you? Ridiculous. Uh, Notre Dame and EA Sports have come to an agreement, so Notre Dame will be featured in the video game. Why wouldn't they be? Aaron Judge's big toe is more than just a problem for the Yankees. After tearing his ligament running into the wall in right field at Dodger Stadium back on June 3rd, he said, quote, it's going to be, I think, constant maintenance for the rest of my career. We'll step aside when we return. Some good news coming out of spring training for the Detroit Tigers. A great story here. We'll talk about it uh, after the Detroit Lions released their veteran safety and former team captain uh, Tracy Walker. So we'll get to that story with Jeremy Reisman as well. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked right here. Michigan Sports Network.
7: It's time to go on the court with Anthony Bellino.
3: It's a new day to celebrate and be free. It's a new day full of action and excitement because it's a new day for winning only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. It's a new day. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com. The Michigan Wolverines suffered their third consecutive defeat last Saturday night as they fell at home to the Michigan State Spartans 73-63. It was the same old, same old for the Maize and Blue as they turned the ball over 22 times, which the Spartans then converted into 27 points. Factor in the 19-2 fast break Scoring differential that didn't help michigan either and as we've seen throughout the season those second half scoring droughts have been brutal but to have a tied ball game at 63 to 63 with seven minutes to play and not get another bucket well that's a recipe for disaster it also gives the green and white rival a clean sweep in the season series maybe michigan can figure it out but they'll have to do so again tomorrow night without point guard doug mcdaniel on the road at northwestern at nine o'clock on fs1
2: Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. Escape the chills and chase thrills this February with the Winter Escape Giveaway. Every Saturday, play for the chance to win a share of $128,000 in premium play and prizes from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. Then at 11 p.m., two Lucky Access Club members will escape the winter blues with a $10,000 travel voucher. It's the Winter Escape Giveaway, only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details.
0: This is X's and Bro's on the Michigan Sports
3: Network. Welcome back here to X's and Bro's Michigan Sports Network. Great to have you riding along with us, no matter who you are, where you are, how you may be listening all across the great state of Michigan and in Northwest Ohio worldwide in the IR Radio app. We say good morning to you. We welcome you. We thank you. We appreciate you. And of course, we encourage you. Join the program at any time. Text the keyword sports radio and send that to 21,000 or give us a dial on the Super Supercenter Guest Line 866-838-4843 866-838-4843 All right. Story out of Lakeland yesterday from Evan Woodbury of M Live. The Detroit Tigers got a renovated clubhouse last year. They'll get a new team playing In 2024, brand new big video board, bunch of other stuff behind the scenes as well, like the weight room, food, conditioning, all kinds of things. And the reason is because the Tigers chairman and CEO, Chris Illich, laid out all the details as a presentation before uh, Tuesday's spring training workout to the players. This is yesterday. And the players rave reviews. Riley Green said, quote, he's giving us resources that we need to be comfortable with. Recover better, really just things we need to win. They're small details, but they mean everything. Green was one of several players to talk with Illich on the field. Javi Baez, Spencer Torkelson. Green said they talked about all the changes he'd seen in a short time within the organization, and the newest change would be ready to fly the club to Chicago for opening day next month. Riley said he's, quote, very excited about that. He really cares about us. He wants us to be comfortable and ready to go. AJ Hinch said it was great to have him here. We'll have him hanging out with all the coaches and the players and just being a part of spring training day. He had a message for the players showing them a lot of the things that are going on in and around Comerica Park, the improvements behind the scenes. It's very impactful to have an owner so invested in these players and us as coaches to give us the best in class. He's an incredible owner. Hinch entering year number four, signed a multi-year extension with the club over the winter. And Illich has been great from the very beginning. In my experience, if you work with him, he wants you to do your job, and he lets you do your job. He gives us great support. He's in lockstep with what we're trying to accomplish. He wants to bring a winner, get back to winning ways here in Detroit. He sets the standard, and he's been super supportive. Now, this goes all the way down to, like, the showerheads, if you will. They replaced the showerheads. Redid the bathrooms. Across the board... This is the little things in life making the biggest difference, right? So we see all the time facilities in, in the collegiate realm, right? Because that used to be a huge recruiting tool, right? You know, Clemson put in a slide for God's sakes. Why do you need a slide? Who, do you need a slide? I don't know. Is it aesthetically pleasing to instead of go down the stairs, you can just take the slide? I don't They're kids. You're a 17-year-old, like, yeah, I'm going to hop on the slide. I'd probably go on the slide right now at my age. Why not? It's there. Might as well have some fun with it. And so when you look at the reinvestment here into Comerica Park, which, you know, some people have talked about, like, oh, they got to, you know, like I changed the screens in there. Okay, for the fans' perspective. All right, we don't need a new building. Well, you know, coming up, this stadium's going to be kind of old. Everything gets old. You and I are old. Like, it happens. So what can you do? Take care of it the best that you can right now. Do it right now. Invest in the team and invest in the things that are going to make the team as comfortable as possible. So they change the shower heads. They got a new team playing. All of it. Let's get to the Meyer Super Center guest line. That's where we find who is this. Matt is on the line. Wants to talk college football playoff. All right. Good morning, Matt. How are you?
10: I'm excellent. Beautiful spring day.
3: So it's almost spring. <laughs> we're right, we're right there. We're getting closer. <laughs>
10: yeah. Right. Well, 50 degrees today, or you know that spring. So take it. This As, whole nil thing we've got going on or restructuring and whatnot. I think you're you are hitting a lot of key points where we're headed and it's going to take time, but you know, it the whole thing is being blown up um, and there are going to be a lot of things that come into play here. And I agree with you about whittling it down to what the consumer wants to see. The consumer doesn't want to see Vanderbilt playing somebody. Um, they want to see quality and, and, how to get quality is have quality players. And that is limited to whatever the number of schools it is. Um, And I do think there will be some things that you can take away from the NFL with things like a salary cap uh, from major league soccer, the EPL, like you said, when they have transfer fees, if a player wants to go from school A to school B, it's going to cost school aid to get them. And, you know, there's already, I guess uh, the, what is up with the union, the players union, uh, which I think is going to become another, you know, there's going to have to be representation just like they do in all the major sports, professional sports. And then it's going to come down to your networks paying more and more money.
3: Well, we know that uh, as of right now, we don't have a players union, Uh, So we we know we don't have that. We know that there is a a speculative $1.3 billion per year contract for the college football playoff alone. That is in agreement in principle between ESPN and the college football playoff, which runs college football. It's not the NCAA. So that's a, that's a, that's, that's clarity. I like the transfer fee idea. I also like the buyout idea because I, I think that what we have here is we have a shift of college football, that went from amateur athletics to professional athletics, and it went in this transition overnight. And while we could have gotten ahead of it, we didn't. And because we didn't, what happened was is we created a, basically a power vacuum. Uh, you see it happen all the time in the geopolitical landscape, right? When country A is in country B, and then up and you know up and leaves in the middle of nowhere, and then country B is just ran by you know a bunch of yahoos. That's exactly what we have. Uh, that's what we've done here in college sports. And so the best way to fix this is to basically approach college football as if it is a professional sport, right? Because that's the, that's the direction we're going. I wish oh, it was still an yeah. amateur a- amateur athletics. I still think there's value there, but I am I am the old guard, my friend. I am I am going next to the Tyrannosaurus Rex.
10: Yeah, me too. I mean, I I one side of me goes back to my youth and you know watching. New Year's Day football, and just being so so excited for that to see how it played out and then wait for the vote. Um, on the other hand, I love seeing the playoff. I mean, I just love it. I don't care who is in it. It is with college football and the amount of money that is generated and that, you know, just like you said, one point something billion just for the college football playoff. That doesn't include your normal season. Um, And I don't know how many years it will take for football to depart from the NCAA. And that's going to be the sticky wicket of figuring out how to do that. And then, you know, the other sports, too, it it, it just, it's a mess. If you were trying to create a business model for this and present it, it would be difficult.
3: Oh, I got it. I got it for you, Matt. I've got the business model. We have a product that sells that the consumer wants, which is college football. And college football is already separated from the NCAA, so you just break it off all all in its entirety. And if uh, rowing and golf and uh, ice hockey and all of these other sports and and basketball, if they want to try to do the same, by all means, good luck. I wish you the best. Uh, Some will survive and and some will not.
10: Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen because you just can't ride the coattails of football, like you said, if you're growing or you know that's the unfortunate part about it
3: yeah and football's been picking up the tab for the entire athletic department uh for years right. For years, and that's across the board. Like, without, I mean, look at the MAC schools; they need that ESPN uh, midweek midweek and deal. As terrible as it is for the fans, it's huge for the schools. I mean, they they absolutely have to have it. Like, there's no no doubt about it. Matt, we got to hit the break, man. But I appreciate the call. Thanks for listening to us, partner. We'll be right back. Jeremy Reisman joins us next. We'll talk actual pro football, NFL, the Detroit Lions. What's going on with Tracy Walker? We'll get into all that, and I'll dive back into this Tiger story uh, tomorrow morning. But let's get to Jeremy Reisman first. Next here on X's and Bros on the Michigan Sports Network.
6: the Freddy the Pizza Man Foundation is dedicated to providing support to families and Michigan schools touched by autism. We invite you to join us in supporting these families and schools by making a donation at com. With your donation, you can help provide essential resources that can make a real impact. Visit com to make a donation and to learn more about the foundation's mission. That's f-r-e-d-i-thepizzaman.com. Together, we can make a difference.
0: You're listening to Michigan Statewide Morning Show, X's and Bros, right here on the Michigan Sports Network.
3: Welcome back here to Exes and Bros on the Michigan Sports and Network. Ben Glaze, Ryan Elke, Anthony Bellino, all joining you. Join us now on the Horn Covering, the Detroit Lions for our friends over at Pride of Detroit. Our good friend, Jeremy Reisman. Find him on Twitter at Detroit Online. And, of course, always be sure to read Pride of Detroit every morning for the, uh, for the latest and greatest in Detroit Lions news. Jeremy, my man, good morning to you. How are you? How's life? How are things, partner?
11: Doing great, Anthony. How are you doing, buddy?
3: Uh, I'm, I'm doing well. You know, I fixed the transfer portal early this morning, you know, or just, a, just a typical Wednesday here, uh, on the show, man. So it's great to have you with us. And, and of course, yesterday, Tracy Walker puts out that social media post and we all knew that the writing was on the wall at that point. Let, let's dive right into the biggest news of the day yesterday for the lions. They decided to part ways with Tracy Walker in your estimation. What, what was the leading factor in this?
11: Uh, unfortunately it was, it was his contract really. Um, you know, he's due to hit the, the books for 12, over 12 million in terms of cap hit. Um, just kind of the way some of these contracts are, are loaded, you know, they're, they're very back loaded. So his salary was, was upwards of, of 8 million. And so, um, unfortunately for him, he had just, he'd slid down the the depth chart and some of it was bad luck. Some of it was play. I mean, I, I just think back to 2022. You know, two years ago, that the Lions and this new regime see a ton of potential in the guy. They see him as a leader. They sign him to that three-year deal, thinking, you know, this guy is going to be a, a leader and a foundation of the defense. And then, you know, months later, he tears his Achilles, and that sets him on a, an entirely different path. And it's it's a bummer for him because I think he is still very much a talented player. But you know, he was a guy who was inactive for all three playoff games, so. Um, you're not going to pay 12 million a year to that, and um, you know we've seen the lines maybe approach guys like him with with a pay cut potentially, but I, I think Tracy Walker is a guy who who views his football future is still very much out there somewhere and. You know, you look at the line's depth chart here, and you know, even regardless of what they do with a guy like C.J. Gardner-Johnson, um, he's still on the outside looking in in terms of the starting role here in Detroit. And so, I don't know if they approach Tracy with with anything like that. But even if they were, I wouldn't have expected um, him to stick around just because the opportunity is probably elsewhere for him.
3: You know, Jeremy, I've said this a lot about the David Montgomery signing in the allowing to walk of Jamal Williams, and for me, it's always been like this team. They show great respect for the players. Uh, it starts with the coaching staff and works itself all the way up, right? But they don't get emotionally attached to a guy where in years past, it's like, oh, we got to keep him because he's a fan favorite. Like they're not afraid to move on, uh, from different guys. And although it's a difficult situation, it is the reality of the business and the reality of business across the board. No matter if you're playing, you know, professional football or, you know, if you work at your local grocery store, if somebody comes in and they're a better, you know, they're a better option, they're probably going to get that job, going to get that promotion, et cetera, et cetera it gives me a lot of faith in this front office that they are willing to make these types of decisions. Does that, it does it do the same for you. Do you view it like that?
11: Yeah, a little bit like I, I, you know, I don't necessarily view the Tracy Walker move as a move that, you know, no other team would make, or I I think most teams would look at that and just be like, it's too much. And, um, you know, I, I do like that the, the staff though kind of walks that line of like, they do care about these players a lot. And, And Dan Campbell even said, I think right before the end of the season, um, you know, where this team is at, we're going to have to make some difficult decisions, and it's going to hurt, and it's going to, um, you know, uh, these guys that, that have been, you know, the old guard, as he refers to them, some of them you're going to have to move on from. Very much Tracy Walker's in that vein, and and he even acknowledges, like, I'm going to have to work hard at keeping these guys at a little bit of an emotional distance, and we know that's hard for a guy like Dan Campbell, right? We've, we've seen him, you know, agonize over over cuts, on hard knocks, you know, there was that interview, I think before Monday night game where he was talking about how much some of the guys that are already they've moved on from um, how important they've been to to where the lines are now. And so I like, I like a a front office who will have an emotional, emotional attachment to these players and, and, you know, understand the, the struggle that they're going through, but at the same time, aren't afraid to. Yeah, like you said, make some of these decisions that are going to be tough. That that are going to be saying goodbye to the hardworking guys of this team because you have to treat this as a business if you're going to succeed at times. And players know that too. And I think there there might be some guys here and there that that get frustrated or you know look at back at. Management think they they mishandled certain situations. But I think for the most part, you have very understanding players. Uh, I think we don't give them enough credit for their understanding of this is a business. I'm sure this didn't blindside Tracy Walker. He probably wasn't happy with how he was treated in his last year in terms of being a backup, in terms of being benched for guys like Asatu Melafanu, but he certainly understands it. And so I think you saw it in his Instagram message, right? Like he was very respectful to the Lions. He had that, you know, thanked a lot of people inside and outside the organization. So yeah, I think the lines are walking that line of being respectful, but not letting it impact their decisions.
3: You know, Jeremy, when you look at that secondary spot, right, regardless of what happens here with C.J. Gardner-Johnson because it was Tracy Walker's injury that opened the door uh, for Kirby yeah. Joseph to get a lot of playing time, and then it's like, holy mackerel, this Kirby Joseph guy he he is the real deal and then you have C.J. Gardner-Johnson's injury and Afatu Melanfanwu kind of comes along, and we yeah. see we kind of see what, you know, Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell had saw in him when they decided to select him out of uh, Illinois and so for me, it's you look at C.J. Gardner-Johnson, you look at kind of what they have as the youth movement back there in, in the secondary. Do you think that C.J. is a guy that they're going to try to bring back?
10: I mean, they might
11: approach him about it, but I, I'm just having a hard time kind of viewing uh, and, you know him being the kind of guy that wants to come back. Not not that he didn't enjoy his time here, not that he doesn't have a good relationship with Aaron Glenn, but we, we heard his kind of level of frustration when he worked his butt off to, to get back from that that big injury that will end would end most people's season. He comes all the way back and then he comes to a rotational role and he wasn't afraid to say it to the media. Like he wasn't okay with that. Um, He he thought it was a little bit of disrespect that he worked all his way back to just play, you know, 40% of the snaps and looking forward, that's kind of the role that you'd expect of him going forward. I know he's a very talented player and um, a hard worker and, and and brings a little bit of edge that I think the the defense needs, but I think if Fatou Melisandre and Kirby Joseph are kind of the foundations of what they want to be at safety right now. So I, I, you know, given the pride that he has, CJ Gardner Johnson, I I think he's going to be looking for a bigger opportunity elsewhere, just kind of like um, Tracy Walker is. So I, I, I would say the Lions would certainly love to have him back, but, I don't know how much they're going to be willing to pay for a guy for a rotational role. And I don't think that, um, you know, CJ Gardner Johnson is going to look at this opportunity and be like, this is where I can play. And, and maybe, cause you know, he's, he's not going to get a big deal this offseason, right? He he kind of bet on himself last year with that one year deal. And, and unfortunately the injury knocked him out. So um, if he wants to kind of parlay 2024 into maybe a bigger contract in 2025, he's going to want to go somewhere where he has the opportunity. And I just don't think that's Detroit.
3: And it's interesting to me that both Ifatu Mel and Fondua out of Syracuse and Kirby Joseph out of, out of Illinois, both the round three selections, so just something yeah. to keep your keep your eye on. You know, a couple of guys who you know you think about the later rounds, and we we all kind of you know clamor and foam at the mouth over the first rounder. And, and it's a much different draft coming up with the 29th pick, right? Not picking in the top ten right. or or in that neighborhood is going to be kind of weird uh, for our fan base, but hopefully it's something we can get used to. So when you look at this secondary group, at what point on the priority list for your season? Uh, Jeremy are where do you have kind of secondary whether it's a, a number 1 corner whether it's depth at that position uh, do you want to add another safety like where, where, where what's the priority list for you as far as off-season necessities for this club
11: Yeah for me outside corner is number 1 need and it's it's not even particularly close I think it's the one spot where they cannot go into 2024 Without an addition, you know, I know people want another edge opposite Aiden, and I know that people want maybe interior defensive line help. But they have bodies there, at least that can play. Like Josh Pascal might be your starter next year. He's he's a guy that's still developing. Um, you have lean McNeil. You could bring back a guy like Benito Jones um, to help you know stop the run, which they were really good at last year. But at corner, there's just there is no current answers there, and um, to me, that's that's the position you got to hit hard immediately. Um, you can't. I, I don't think this team should go into the draft without adding at least a starting level talent because you never know if the guy that you want in the draft is going to fall to you. So like there can't be, there needs to be a plan A, B, and C at outside corner. And, and I wouldn't be surprised to see the lines add two or three guys at that position, just because you know what they did last year, unfortunately didn't work out. They, they tried, they, they certainly hit it hard and they got a guy in Brian branch that, you know, can play the nickel pretty well, but outside corner is just, it's, it needs a lot of help and they need to make sure they don't go into the draft, absolutely having to have someone because that's the way you, you waste draft resources. If you're like, if we didn't finish, you know, uh, getting a a, a starting level guy in free agency, well then suddenly we're going to have to be over aggressive to make sure we get our guy. And that that's just not what Brad Holmes has done in the past. That's not good general managing in general. So um, I think that's, that's the key. And then, yeah, I think you look at that safety room right now and and now you, you, you have two starters, you're going to need some backup. You're going to need some depth there, and whether that's getting a guy in the draft or getting some, you know, guys who have maybe veteran experience. It's a pretty young room there, um, but maybe isn't playing at a starting level position. I think that's kind of a sneaky need as well because, yeah, we've we've seen what in the past three or four years, starting safety has been knocked out for. Um, a pretty significant amount of time. Um, they're a hard hitting group, right? There's a lot of violent collisions in the secondary. So you want to make sure you have depth there in the line. Sometimes like to play three safeties at the same time. So um, that's a pretty high on the priority list as well, but maybe a little bit further behind like guard and, and maybe an edge guy, but um, safety is definitely, I would say probably still top five or six need for this team.
3: You know, uh, Jeremy, it's interesting there. So, uh, paraphrasing or trying to, you know, because I, I think that's—I I think you made a really good point. If I'm understanding it correctly, you have to address that position in free agency so that you don't hamstring your, yourself yep. for the upcoming draft. So that you absolutely have to draft a position of need where you can go get what you assume would be the best player available. Am I correct there?
4: Oh yeah,
11: absolutely. That's okay. kind of always been my my viewpoint of free agency is you want to cover as many needs as possible in free agency so that you have freedom to kind of do whatever you want in the draft and get the guys you want. I mean, we all know Brad Holmes doesn't pay that much attention to positional need. We we know he doesn't necessarily pay that much uh, attention to positional value, right? It's just getting guys that, that fit what they want. They're, cl- you know, the culture setters there. So if he can go into the draft and and, and sit there at 29 and just be like, I don't care what position it is. We just want one of those guys that's a Dan Campbell guy. That's a gritty guy. We'll take him. And that's what he's done for, through the first three years. It hasn't necessarily been a, a very needs based draft. You, you saw that with running back and linebacker in the first round last year, right? They had DeAndre Andre Swift. They had, um, you know, Alex Anzalone and, and had that breakout year from, uh, Malcolm Rodriguez, so they didn't need a linebacker. They didn't need a running back, but they found guys that they liked because they had filled most of their other needs in free agency. So that's what I expect them to do again this year.
3: Is there a guy in free agency in the secondary that might become available uh, that you kind of have your eyes on, or maybe a couple of players that you have circled?
11: Yeah, I mean, it, it all depends on how uh, how aggressive Brad Holmes is going to be, and, and that's still kind of a, a question of, you know, now that the team is in a better place, does he crank up the uh, aggressiveness that we saw him go pretty aggressive? You know, I would say maybe like a seven or, or six out of 10 last year in, in getting Cameron Sutton. Does he go for now like the top tier guys like Jalen Johnson? I, I think Jalen Johnson is, is an outstanding player and I think he's kind of my way whale this offseason. but I just, I don't know if Brad Holmes uh, is going to go that far. It, it doesn't seem like it's his MO, but again, we're kind of entering a different phase of general managing for him. So You know, it could be him, it could be, you know, a lot of people like the idea of of bringing Stephon Gilmore to to kind of, um, you know, provide a veteran presence, play with his brother there with with Stephen Gilmore. Um, I'm not opposed to that, although, you know, adding a 33 or or however old he is, uh, cornerback isn't exactly um, bringing a ton of youth, and I think that's, Certainly the point in which a lot of players, um, particularly a corner where speed and, and agility is important, that's, that's kind of where the downswing of the career happens. But I, I think there's a ton of different answers there. I think it's a rel- relatively good cornerback free agency market, and so I, I certainly expect them to be active there.
3: Am I crazy now uh, to think that, you know, there might be a guy out there at wide receiver in free agency. He might have a hefty price tag, but it might be worth it. Am I crazy to look at Mike Evans? And I don't do this, Jeremy. I do not do this. I don't look at wide receivers to me are like icing on the cake. If you go out there, we've seen it happen with the Lions in years past. You had what Calvin Johnson and Roy Williams, like just because you got a bunch of big receivers does not necessarily mean you're going to win any football games. And there's a hefty price tag to pay for a guy. Like a Mike Evans, is this worth even looking at? Is it worth even thinking about?
11: I think there's a need there. Um, I, I, it, it seems like it would be a little bit against what they're, they generally would do to, to go after. You know, I'm, I'm not sure how old he is, but he, he's, I think he's in his 30s now, right?
3: Yeah, I think he's um, 30.
11: Yeah, so I mean, maybe I, I'm, I'm definitely of the viewpoint, which I can't rule anything out with Brad Holmes because he's been a little bit unpredictable every year. Um, but I, I guess that probably isn't the route I would go. I mean, college wide receivers have gotten to be so good now that, you know, they're a little bit more of a pro style offense. Um, now, now that the NFL has kind of more adopted a, a spread college type of offense, a lot of these guys can come in and, and, and make a big difference immediately. And so I kind of think that would be the more savvy route. I think you can get starting level talent in day one or day two of, of this particular draft as well. So, I mean, it's possible if, if, if Brad Holmes kind of want to make kind of wants to make like a a one year run here. I, I, I imagine you're probably not signing Mike Evans to that long of a of a deal. Um, but given that it's not a, a huge need, given that they're already spreading the ball out to you know three or four or five guys that are getting four or five targets a game, I, I think that's a little bit of a luxury pick that that wouldn't you know follow the kind of blueprint of, of Brad Holmes always saying like this isn't a, a 1 year cinderella story we're looking to make this a franchise that is always being competitive that feels like a little bit of a short term move that might be a little bit too pricey for him
3: you know jeremy Reisman just talking the common sense into me uh, that's a, that's a, that's why you're here because i look at him I'm like oh shiny toy and i don't do that it's i am <laughs> it is. And I'm conservative as conservative gets, but I look at Mike Williams I'm like dude's never had or Mike Evans. I'm like, the dude never had less than a thousand yards in a season. Is it worth just throwing him out there a little bit? Because I, I tend to feel like, you know, a guy like Jameson, uh, for example, I feel like J-Mo is gonna be a little bit less expensive when we get to the contract talks because of the injury, uh, and the lack of production there. I think that we might be able to get him on a on a little bit cheaper, but that's just my own personal thought. Last one here for you. I'm on Ross St. Brown. The rumors are circulating three years. 25 million dollars per year do you think there's any any steam to that
11: i mean i think you know i i thrown out my own personal estimate um before that and i was i was more at like 23 5 or something like that but 25 is, is certainly reasonable and, and possible i don't have any inside sources that's aware that that currently stands but yeah i think that's i think there's four guys who are making 25 million um, or more right now, and three years is kind of interesting because I expected something more, but at the same time, uh, that would allow him to kind of cash in on that second big contract while he's still in his 20s. So maybe that's kind of the thinking of, of having kind of a shorter term extension than than I would expect. But uh, listen, this team loves everything that is about. He's been such an essential part to everything they do in terms of demeanor, in terms of culture, and obviously he's like the team's favorite third down conversion. Uh, machine. So I, I think 25 is, it sounds like a lot. And I know a lot of people look at a guy like him because he isn't that prototypical big time receiver that are making 70 yard touchdown catches very often, but um, he's just as essential to what the lions do. And I think that's important to point out is he's what the lions want. He's he's the chain mover. He's, he's just a, a perfect fit in, in Jared Goff. Um, and so I think he's worth 25 million a year to the line. So yeah, I think that number is is, is very much what we could end up seeing for him.
3: I think Jeremy Ryzen's worth 25 million a year. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, that's what I think of you, Mr. Risen. Hey, you can find him on Twitter at Detroit Online. We'll discuss his contract details there. Uh, Jeremy, my <laughs> friend, is always partner. Appreciate the time this morning. Of course, buddy. Appreciate it. There he goes. That's Jeremy Ryzen. Uh oh, guys, ladies and gentlemen, wait a minute now. Wait a minute. Breaking news at the end of the show. Michigan men's basketball. Jawan Howard announces Olivier Kamwa will miss the rest of the season. After undergoing surgery on his left wrist, he's expected to have a three to four month time at table for recovery. Olivier Kamwa, done for the year. Ugh. That's not good. That's all we got. We'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same place. X's and Bro's, Michigan Sports Network.
1: The 51 year sportsman's tradition continues. It's Outdoor Rema, the Suburban Collection Showplace, February 22nd through the 25th. Four football fields of outdoor equipment, boats, and activities. Buy your fishing boat from dealers who know how to rig a right Meet the lodge operators and guides from Michigan to Africa. Hunting and fishing gear, seminars with guides and pros. Great deals on fishing boats and pontoons. And the Lumberjacks are back. Free crossover admission to the Cottage and Lakefront Living Show. It's Outdoor Rema, the Suburban Collection Showplace, February 22nd through the 25th.
7: Here with a reminder that this Friday, 3 until 6, I'm broadcasting statewide from Suburban Collection Showplace in Novi. Outdoor Rama 2024 is happening this weekend. And you can join me at the Impact Power Sports Setup at Outdoor Rama at Suburban Collection Showplace in Novi. And Lomas Brown will be there on Friday, former Lion, 2 until 4. You can see Lomas Brown's Lions golf cart. You could win and meet him at the Impact Power Sports Setup at Outdoor Rama at Suburban Collection Showplace.
2: We played for the thrill. That rush you feel with the game on the line. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro Wide Receiver. Now, with Eagle Casino and Sports, the new sportsbook app from Soren Eagle. Anywhere I'm at, I'm still in the game. Sign up now and get up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 for a risk-free bet on your next favorite underdog parlay or prop. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play.
9: Hi, I'm Lauren and I work for Meyer. People ask, why do I shop there? It's because I get everything in one stop. Like this week's hottest deals on fresh from Meyer family pack chicken thighs for 149 per pound and blackberries for 99 cents. Plus, I can save even more with M perks when I shop in store, online, and with every qualifying prescription filled at the Meyer Pharmacy. Meyer has all I need in just one stop. Exclusions apply. See all deals in the Meyer app.
7: Huge here. AB's doing a heck of a job, and I'm ready to drop some huge opinions about what he's talking about later today at 3 on the Michigan Sports Network.